0: 3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content.
1: Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to 3 a.m. Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your co-host, Charlie. And today is a special episode, I guess, for us. Number one, it's episode 20. Like, yeah. 20. I can't believe we've done 20 episodes. It's been doing this a while now. Yeah. <laughs> and also, today, we're going to be telling you three stories. They're all kind of the same, like, lore, like, folklore-type, like, legends. So, and I wanted to put them together because literally two of them are so like short and to the point and it's like i really didn't know what <laughs> what to do i didn't want to put them with like a super long story and then they get you know like they don't get as much light shown on them or whatever yeah. so i wanted to put them in one episode by themselves but you know also have other stories that are kind of like them like folklore-y legend type weird little tidbits of information yeah so And a couple of them are kind of funny, I think. I don't know if you guys will think that, but we'll see. So the three that we're going to be doing is Big Liz in Dorchester County, Maryland. The Kualupalik in Alaska. And the Donkey Lady Bridge in San Antonio, Texas. So they're all short. Like, I think me and Charlie are reading like one section, one or two sections each In each story, so like we will probably have a lot to talk about, especially about Big Liz. Because I remember when I was researching the story, I think I was in Discord with you guys, and I was like, Oh my god, this woman! (laughs) So, you guys all have to tell us what you think because I'm sure we'll go over what I think again because I thought it was quite humorous. So, you ready? Yeah, let's okay. Big Liz, Dorchester County, Maryland. If you ever ask anyone to tell you a ghost story about the eastern shore, the tale of Big Liz and the Greenbrier Swamp will likely be the first story shared. The story has been around since the Civil War and has developed immense popularity with both locals and visitors. Every book written about ghosts in Maryland will feature a piece on Big Liz. Today, teenagers still travel to DeCoursey Bridge at midnight to tempt Big Liz to emerge from the woods with her eyes glowing from the bloody head she holds in one hand. The other hand she used to motion you into the swamp. To find buried treasure, she helped her master hide before he decapitated her. Greenbrier Swamp is about 10 square miles and is located near Blackwater Wildlife Refuge. It is set in the most beautiful landscape on the Eastern shore. Big Liz is an unseen image in that landscape. As the legend states, Big Liz was a plantation slave in the region and her master was probably a smuggler or spy. There were no Civil War battles fought on the Eastern Shore. It's believed that the Confederate Army stashed a good bit of its money on the Southern sympathetic farms of the Eastern Shore. Many of the African-American slaves spied for the Union Army, turning in known keepers of Confederate money and passing information onto the Union about the comings and goings of the wealthy landowners. Many believe that Big Liz was a spy for the Union and that her master was a keeper of Confederate funds whose hiding place had been discovered. Some believe that he knew Big Liz was a traitor. In a plot to switch the location of the treasure and get rid of the snitch, the master took Big Liz along with him into the swamp to rebury his stash of cash. He asked her to help him bury the money and then pointed to a sapling asking her to planted over the burial site to identify the location when big liz bent down to bury the sapling the master whacked her head off and left her there to rot wow (laughs) i know i'm not i'm laughing because this story is just snitches get stitches and wind up in ditches (laughs) yes and she literally she almost quite literally did end up in a ditch like i mean oh my goodness okay
0: Stout-hearted adventurers are advised to stop their car near a little white bridge over the transquaking river and honk three times. Your car will no longer start, and Big Liz will appear holding her head in her hands. If you follow, she will lead you through the trees and mud to where the wealth is hidden, but you will not have the nerve, concludes the legend. Ever since then, people have seen strange lights in the swamp, and others tell of seeing Big Liz herself holding her head in her hand coming out of the swamp, calling them, motioning to them to come follow her, and she'll lead them to her master's money. But those who follow her don't return. They disappear into the mist of the Greenbrier Swamp, never to be seen again. The Corsi Bridge crosses the transquaking river near Greenbrier Swamp. This bridge is where many report to have seen Big Liz. The locals say that if you drive your car up that bridge at midnight, honk three times, and flash your headlights twice, and then turn off the car, your car won't start again. And then Big Liz will emerge from the swamp, red eyes glowing through the mist, and she'll motion for you to follow her. But follow at your own peril. Many have followed, but none have returned.
1: Listen, that's a lot of directions to follow, <laughs> for one. Do this three times. This, <laughs> what two, is it? turn it off. Okay, what is it? Let's see. Uh, Drive your car up to the bridge at midnight. Honk three times. Flash your headlights twice. And then turn off your car. And your car won't start again. Like, honestly... It, How long does it take to turn back on? I don't know. But honestly, it kind of reminds me of the pain road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but... I didn't realize at first that it was her head in her hand because he whacked, I guess he whacked her head off. Yeah, he whacked her head off. Fixed it up, I guess. And she said she was going to carry her head around. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And I, I, I know it's, I knew it was near a river. So I'm like, I guess if people don't return. So my assumption of this like legend is that they follow her into obviously it's at night right they follow her into the woods and they she's trying to find you know she's trying to lead you to the master's um cache and uh they get lost i assume that they would get lost it's dark you cannot see you fall into the river you drown but then again it's Uh, like the
0: forest it said is only 10 square miles yeah it's like you can walk 10 miles and then you'll get out somewhere
1: right so, I don't know where the river would end for where somebody would not be able to be found again. Yeah. Unless they are being found. And then, you know, I don't know, but I didn't find anything out about that. So, yeah. could just be part of the legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Okay, resources for this story were com and com. So now we're going to go on to the Kalupalik and let me, you know what? I'll make sure that we're going to say that right. Cause I can't remember if it's qualupalic or Kalupalik. So we're going to pull up Google while I keep talking and not, I know it's okay. Kalupalik pronunciation. That's what I wanted. How to pronounce Kalupalik. There's a pronouncekiwi.com. Kalupalik.
0: Okay,
1: hold on. Let's get that one more time. Kalupalik. Kalupalik? Why do they say it so fast? Kalupalik. Okay, so it's Kalupalik. Kalupalik. It's a cool kalupalik <laughs> three times real fast. <laughs> it starts with a Q, by the way. So it's Q-A-L-U-P-A-L-I-K. Kalupalik. So you have to say the Q as like a C and that it bothers me. Anyways, okay. Now we're going to Alaska. So we're going clear across the United States right now. So <laughs> okay, when you think of a mermaid, you may conjure images of a kind hearted beautiful half fish half human or the dangerous siren that can lure ser, ser-, ser- oh my God my leg there my God okay, hmm. Or the dangerous siren that can lure sailors to their death. However, the Inuit legend of the Kalupalik is a little bit different. The Kalupalik is likewise a creature of the sea, but she is more often thought of as a water spirit, a sea monster, or a demon. She's probably a demon. Because <laughs> mermaids are not nice. So We could go into like, the
0: hole if they were historically don't accurate. And, like, do
1: not send us down that rabbit hole. So, before you even think about going down that rabbit hole, <laughs> we're going to keep
0: going. Okay. <laughs> I'm will it up another day.
1: <laughs> okay. In this respect, it is said to be more similar to the Japanese kappa, a water demon who steals children and consumes them. Folklore records from Inuit sources are purposely, purposefully vague on whether or not the Kalupalik is the only one of her kind, or whether there are great numbers of these monsters living in the arctic seas but she is regularly referenced as a, as being a single creature in alaskan and canadian inuit culture there are arctic ocean dwelling creatures creatures jesus christ <laughs> the cue is messing me up it so is. bad <laughs> okay in alaskan and canadian inuit culture there are arctic ocean dwelling creatures known as kalupelite Unlike other mythical mermaids and sirens, there's absolutely nothing attract- attractive about the kalupalik. Despite the persistent popular mermaid princess culture that surrounds much of the lore of this aquatic creature's cousins and lore, the kalupalik is not described as having any pleasant features, let alone an amendable an amendable and
0: Hmm. I live in an anemone.
1: <laughs> I can't say this word. Let amendable. Alo- let alone an amendable. There's no D in that. Did I screw that up? An amenable. It's it's amenable. But did I mean amendable? I don't know. It's fine. We're gonna go with it. Let alone an amenable demeanor. Wraith-like in appearance, her long black hair is perpetually plastered to her sallow, slimy, scaly skin. Her ghastly, despondent face is paired with her dark and hollow eyes. These creatures are often depicted as having fins that jut out of their heads, backs, and arms, and their webbed feet and hands are topped with long, sharp claws. All of this is enough to strike terror into the hearts of children that the Kulupalik preys upon i've seen like artist depictions and i will most likely put whatever i can find from this on you know the website and stuff but it's pretty sketchy (laughs) yeah it sounds i mean it sounds sketchy it looks sketchy
0: (laughs) the kalupalik is rumored to reek of sulfur which is the smell of rotting eggs So it's curious that she would ever get close enough to someone without them noticing. But adventurous children who don't heed the warnings of their parents are the ones she seeks to claim. She hums beautiful melodies to lure them to the icy banks of the ocean shore, where she snatches them up and stuffs them in her amati, a duckskin coat similar to a parka with a pouch for young children to be carried in.
1: Like a kangaroo?
0: That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Part mermaid part kangaroo (laughs) it's quite normal for inuit parents to caution their children about the dreadful kalupalik and they would do so frequently telling their children that if they hear the humming noises near the shore that the kalupalik is near unfortunately for children the humming is similar to that of a siren song as it is meant to entice children to come closer to the shore or out onto the dangerously thin ice Those who have cited the Kalupalik report that these creatures can only be seen for an instant before they are gone, but the child victims of the Kalupalik would not be so lucky. She would leap out from under the water, sink her shark claws into their flesh, and drag them forward into the water. It is said once she seizes a child, she takes them down to the freezing depths of the ocean where she either eats them or takes them away, enchanting them with sleep and feeding off of their youth so that she may remain young forever. The child is never to be seen or heard from from their family again. Alternatively, the child would get a brief glimpse of the face of the Kalupalik, which might resemble a woman's face that is turned green and bloated from rotting and under the sea, This child would experience their last few moments of life in pain as the freezing water rushed into their open, screaming throat and feel the blood in their veins freeze as they heard the distant voices of their family crying out their name.
1: Okay, so we can say which one of those would be worse, because I... I don't know. I feel like I would rather be taken away. Just take me away and sing me to sleep and then do with me what you will, then don't just like suffocate me where I'm standing. Oh my yeah. god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> either way,
0: she sounds freaky and I don't yeah. like it.
1: I don't like it either.
0: Gosh. I just kept reading
1: it and I was like, How is it getting worse? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Goodness. Okay. So what purpose does the myth of the Kalupalic serve for the Inuit society? Well, the harsh Arctic environment within which the Inuit people live is terrifying and dangerous. Within a community that works so hard to survive, the parents and elders use storytelling as a way of aiding in the upbringing and survival of the children of the village. Essentially, the use of scare tactics was a way for children to avoid the dangerous aspects of their environment when they were alone. The story of the Kalupalik was created to encourage these children to fear being alone near the dangerous shores of the sea, where they could easily fall prey to the natural elements by either drowning or dying from hypothermia. Now, that I can understand, because that you should teach your children to be scared of. Like, (laughs) you know. But, like, who started this in the first place? I don't know. I feel like we should have done this story when we did hugging molly yeah <laughs> that's what i was thinking she, of <laughs> she reminds me a lot of hugging molly and like the parents who are like don't go out at night hugging molly's gonna get you and this one's more like don't go to the shores the kalupalik's gonna get you and you're never gonna be seen again i just
0: want to know how whoever like first told this story up with this like either they saw something or they have a really messed up imagination
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it, they had to have seen something along the lines of like a what they thought would a was a mermaid or you know whatever i don't know yeah because like
0: i mean how did you just come up with i know
1: and where does it i don't know where the name came from i'll definitely have to look that up because i don't know here i can look at them now let's see Hold on. Let's get out of the pronunciation. Um, it does not say where it... I guess uh, the... Okay. So, I'm assuming because it comes from the region that it comes from, the Inuit tribe, I'm guessing it just comes from that. Like, that's... The Kalupalik is Inuit language, basically. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, it, it does remind me a lot of Hug and Molly, just you know, in certain aspects of they're, like, women who prey on children who don't listen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Except I don't think and Molly killed. She just scared the shit out of them. She (laughs) scared them. Remember, it was like they, she would scream in their ears. Yeah. Yeah, she would scream in their ears and, oh, man. You know. And I don't think I would want to be taken away by the Kulupalik because I don't like water that much. Water's fine until you know
0: it's freezing outside like
1: yeah (laughs) that's why i say the hypothermia like god that would yeah as a child mm, that's all i needed to know don't go near the sharp rocks with the water that's a thousand feet deep okay i'm good (laughs) resources for this particular story were visit cryptoville.com and puzzleboxhorror.com which PuzzleBoxHorror.com, by the way, has a lot of really interesting things on it. So not just stories. I think there was a little bit more to it, but it's also a good resource. So in case you were doing your own researching on stories and stuff or you want to find other things, PuzzleBoxHorror is a place to go. Okay, so on to a little bit of a longer story because I think we have a we have an account, but it's not that long. So... Go into a little bit of a background of how Donkey Lady Bridge came to be a thing, and then just the short encounter tale. Okay, <clears throat> Donkey Lady Bridge is in San Antonio, Texas. So, on the south side of in, blech, on the south side of San Antonio is a bridge known to be the home of the Donkey Lady, and i'm just gonna preface this with sh- you will see i will read why she is called the donkey lady if you don't already know you will you will understand it's not it doesn't just just follow along <laughs> some say sh- oh my god some say she's a ghost while others say she's a living creature half donkey and half human the donkey lady bridge is at the end of jet road before it runs into apple road she is said to live in these woods around the bridge and jump on your car damaging it with her hooves if you park here too long. There are many stories on the internet about the San Antonio legend. Whether she's a ghost or a creature, the donkey Lady story is scary and well-known throughout many parts of Texas. Several stories detail how the donkey lady came to be and how she became part donkey, part human. Some stories say she lost her children in a fire set by her husband. She was horribly disfigured in the fire, fusing her fingers and toes together, creating hoof-like hands and feet. Her head was so, burnly, was so badly burned in the fire that it healed in such a warped, elongated fashion, so it resembled that of a donkey. She roams the area surrounding the bridge in South San Antonio nightly, crying for her children. She will routinely chase off anybody who bothers her by honking, honking a car's horn is supposedly the best way to get the attention of this beastly donkey lady okay so you're going to get her attention and you're going to piss her off at the same time so take your pick (laughs) another story about how the donkey lady came to be surrounds the same bridge area of san of south san antonio in the mid 50s a woman would walk her donkey along the road to the fields near her home to and let "'to let the donkey graze. "'A boy claimed that the woman's donkey had bitten him, "'so the boy's father and several of his his friends "'plotted to grab the donkey "'as it was being walked by the woman to the fields. "'They waited in the woods and then jumped out "'while she walked by and tried to grab the rope "'from the woman that was leading her donkey. "'As they fought for the rope, "'the donkey accidentally fell into the stream and drowned. "'The men were walking away "'when the woman started throwing rocks at them.' A rock hit one of the men, knocking him unconscious. The other men grabbed the woman and threw her into the water where she drowned. The spirit of the woman and her beloved donkey combined into one and now angrily roam the area around the bridge. The Donkey Lady Ghost is said to have enormous strength, scary eyes, beastly screams, and rage that haunts any who bother her or come into her vicinity.
0: Donkey.
1: I know. I know. They drowned it and then drowned her. I'm I like, know. that one guy deserved
0: to get knocked unconscious. No.
1: And then the other one about, you know, being burned. It's like, ugh, that's just
0: rough. Yeah.
1: So this is going to be
0: an account taken from an angel fire site. Down in an area near San Antonio, there is the legend of the donkey lady. She is reportedly the spirit of a horribly mut- mutated woman appearing to be half woman, half donkey. She is reported to haunt a bridge in the woods south of town, and this location has become a hot spot for local thrill seekers, both young and old. This story is not directly related to me, but happened to some friends of mine. I have known them all my life and have no reason not to believe them. One night in late 1987, while at my best friend's house, four fellow companions showed up, bored and looking for something to do, we suggested they visit the donkey lady bridge this location was only a short drive from the house five or six miles and was a local favorite amongst late night stories they agreed and were soon driving out of sight about six hours later their vehicle returned to our driveway with only one occupant assuming he had taken the girls home and that he was ready to party in san antonio we went out anxious to greet him What we found in the car is something I'll never forget. The windshield was busted, the front dented, and there was what appeared to be blood all over the hood. We immediately ran over to the driver's door to see if John was alright. However, John was just sitting there staring out the window with a blank expression on his face. After several minutes of consistent badgering, we finally got him to talk. He, Lisa, Terry, and Jill arrived at the bridge. They began to honk their horn, trying to summon the legendary donkey lady. After about 15 minutes of not seeing anything, they decided to go into the woods and look for themselves. What happened next was truly incredible, and if I hadn't known John all my life and seen the car, I would not have believed him."
1: While walking in the woods, John said he got the feeling they were being watched. He immediately stopped and told everyone to be quiet. Looking around and evaluating the situation, he discovered what appeared to be two eyes staring at them off in the distance. These eyes seemed to be reflecting the moonlight and were of a color that he said to be indescribable. The girls panicked and began to run back to the car. John was quick to follow, and soon after he turned away, there was a horrible scream from the direction of the eyes. He described it as almost being a cry from an intelligent animal. Too afraid to turn around, he picked up the pace and ran to the car. When he got there, the girls were already in the car, screaming for him to get in and leave. As he was trying to find his keys, he heard what seemed to be the sounds of a horse running in their direction. Starting the car, he slammed it in the gear and put it to the floor. Suddenly, a figure appeared in the road in front of them. Too afraid to stop, John collided with the figure. It hit the hood of the car and rolled over the roof. Looking in his rearview mirror, he said he thought the figure got up and continued to pursue them. After hearing this and seeing the condition of the car, Steve and I immediately felt this deserved a second look. John told us he would never return to that bridge again, but if we wanted to risk our lives to go right ahead, grabbing two fa- grabbing two flashlights and a pair of shotguns, these were the biggest weapons Steve's father had, we jumped into my pickup and made way for the bridge. As we drew closer, we slowed down and turned on the many off-road lights my truck had. These lit the road and the woods to the side of us as if it was daytime, giving us an outstanding view of the bridge as we approached. The first thing we noticed as the bridge drew near were only numerous amounts of blood on the road. However, these were the only signs of evidence we could find. Upon investigating of the woods by foot and shotguns, we discovered what seemed to be several tracks of a small, unshod horse leading to the road. After several hours of looking and not finding anything else, we returned to the house. By this time, John had already found his way home, and we lay in bed, too excited to sleep. To this day,
0: none of the four individuals involved in this story have returned to the bridge. Did John actually see and strike the donkey lady that night, or was it merely a straight pony startled by their presence? All I know is that something was there that night, and it scared our friends half to death. Yikes. I don't know. I would have been scared to go back, and it's just like they just hit up a person, just like straight up, just (sighs)
1: bonk. Like freaking um, I know what you did last summer. Oh my god, I know. Except I think I know what you did last summer. They knew they hit a person. Yeah, it's not like donkey (laughs) lady. No, it's not like they went purposely searching for like um to see somebody like or like to see a legend or something like that you know but even still that's still creepy just the whole story even if it's not real just let's just say imagination's running wild the story is still creepy (laughs) yeah (laughs) like overall my resource for this story was creepypasta.fandom.com so and creepypasta is (sighs) also a lovely website to go find anything that you want. You know, creepy stories, all the, all the stuff. So, so anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed these three stories. I hope you are okay with us doing three stories. You know, maybe if I find more legends and stuff like this that are short and to the point, we can put them all together for a little bit of a longer episode. So, but I guess for joining us for the big 20 yes for the big 20 we really hope to see you next time bye
0: that's it for today thanks for coming to hang out with us and listening to our show
1: Don't forget, you can find us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All the links can be found on our website, 3, the number 3, not the word, 3amtalesofterror.com. You can also subscribe with your email for updates there as well. If you have any questions for us or story ideas, you can email us at info at 3amtalesofterror.com. We hope you'll join us next week. And And we hope you were were terrified. terrified.